Hello, and welcome to Episode 3 of Alice Henderson On Debut, Book 1 in the Alice Henderson series, written and narrated by me, S.R. Silcox. If you've just discovered the podcast, make sure you go back to Episode 1 of Season 1, as this is a podcast version of the book, you'll want to listen to the earlier episodes before you listen to this one. Previously on Alice Henderson On Debut. Adam's A-team has scored a formidable total of 186 runs from their 20 overs. Alice was called on to help out her captain at the end of the innings, and that has caught the eye of one of the talent scouts, who instead of asking about Adam, asked about her. When we left off last time, Alice was getting ready to open the batting. Our batting innings goes exactly as expected. No one else put their hands up to open the batting with Rory, so it was left to me. Rory got us off to a flyer, but holed out in the deep on 25 when he got a bit too excited about an Adam Henderson bouncer. After that, it was like watching a slow-motion car crash. Unfortunately for me, I could only watch it happen from the non-striker's end, because none of our batsmen were even giving me a chance to get to the striker's end to face any balls. By the time our last batsman, Trent, meets me in the middle, we're a paltry 9 for 54. Apart from Rory's 25, I'm the next highest run scorer on 18 and the next highest after that is the extras. We've only got five overs left to face, but I doubt we're going to be able to see out the innings if Trent's jitteriness is anything to go by. How's the pitch playing? Trent asks. He doesn't really want to know the answer. He's just asking out of habit. Besides, it's flat as a tack, and Trent's not a batsman, so it's completely irrelevant what I tell him. Not as fast as it looks, I reply, and pat him on the shoulder with a gloved hand. As Trent does some stretches, I take a quick look around at the field that Adam and Jason are setting. Adam's got two more balls left, so Trent just needs to survive them and leave me on strike for the next one. It looks like Adam wants to give Trent some heat judging by the extra slip he's put in. He's also bringing all the fielders up into catching positions. It's intimidation, pure and simple, and one look at Trent's face tells me it's working. Just get bat on ball, I tell him. You'll be right. Easy for you to say he replies. The umpire tells us to face up, and I give Trent one last thumbs up as he heads to the striker's end. He stands off to the side of the crease and pats down every piece of protective equipment he's wearing, and some he's not. Finally, he loosens his shoulders and steps onto the pitch. I am absolutely certain this will be the last ball of the match. I look back at Adam at the top of his run-up, and I can practically see the gleam in his eye. These are the moments fast bowlers live for getting the other team's bowlers on strike, giving them a taste of their own medicine. Only, Trent's a spinner, so it's not really a fair comparison. Adam runs in, and he bowls one straight at Trent's body, making him play. Trent manages to get his bat on it and drop it down, and in his panic he takes off for a run. I send him back, and he only just makes it back into his ground. Once the wicketkeeper has the ball, I meet Trent in the middle of the pitch and poke at the grass. Keep your eye on the ball, I tell him. Don't panic. This will be the last one you have to face, I promise. Trent takes a couple of ragged breaths and nods. Adam's final ball screams past Trent's ears, and he does a really bad job of trying to look like it didn't affect him. We meet back in the middle of the pitch, ready for the change of ends. The next bowler is a spinner. Can you handle spin, I ask. Trent shrugs. Probably better than pace. Okay. I'll try to hit the fence if I can, but... No singles until the end of the over. That way, you don't have to face up. Deal? Deal, Trent says. 
I managed to hit two fours and a six, and then on the second last ball I hit a single to mid-wicket that should be an easy one, but Trent almost stuffs it up by ball-watching. I have to run wide off the pitch and only just manage to avoid being run out. Thankfully, he makes it up to me by surviving the last ball and leaving me on strike to face Adam's last over. Rory runs out some water to Trent and I and whispers, You need to keep Trent off strike. He looks like he's going to faint. He'll be fine, I reply, even though I don't think Trent will be fine at all. He pulls his helmet down on his head and adjusts the chin strap, shaking his head a couple of times to make sure it's tight. I look over to Adam, standing at the top of his mark, tossing the ball up and catching it. I can see the smirk on his face from here. It's the same one he gives me in the backyard when he thinks he's got a plan that will get me out. Rory runs back off the field, and as I wander back to the pitch with Trent, I overhear Jason's dad, who's run water out for his team, say, We got this covered, boys. These two aren't threats at all. Adam and the rest of his team agree with laughter. I want to smack them in the head with my bat. I look over to the canteen where the scouts are standing and see John Waverley leaning on the boundary fence. I decide then and there to teach the A-team a lesson. You and I are going to see out the innings, I say to Trent. His eyes grow wide. Are you sure? There are 18 balls left, Trent, and theoretically, you just have to face two of them max. Think you can do that? Maybe, Trent shrugs. I tap him on his helmet. Let's teach these idiots a lesson in humility. Trent laughs nervously and wanders to the non-striker's end. I take my time facing up because I know it will annoy Adam. The first ball is a quick one outside off stump that reaches me at chest height and too close to my body, so I leave it alone. Adam follows through down the pitch a little more than he usually does and gives me a wink. I ignore him. The next ball is a good yorker, but I manage to dig it out. He obviously knows he can't get me out, so he's going to starve me of runs and try to make me uncomfortable. We're nowhere near able to win, so runs aren't that important. I'm determined to just battle it out and see if I can put him off his game. I'm guessing he'll try to dangle a carrot on the next ball and give me something he hopes I'll slash at and nick to the keeper. I'm not too far wrong, but instead of being fast, he attempts a slower ball, just like he did at home yesterday, and sends it wide. It should be called a wide, but I guess the umpire doesn't really want to drag this game out any longer either, so Adam gets away with one. Jason pulls his fielders back. He wants to give me a run, but I'm not so stupid. The next ball is a gimme, and I smack it straight to the fielder at long on. He ambles in, giving me plenty of time to take the run, but I call no. Trent seems happy enough at the other end, so he doesn't argue. Now I have to decide whether to take a single this ball, or risk not getting one on the last. I call Trent to the middle of the pitch. Think you can handle one from Adam? Trent shakes his head. I sigh. That means you have to be ready to run on the last ball so that I can stay on strike. Fine, Trent says, and before I can say another word, he walks back to the non-strikers. I guess that's my answer. Now Jason brings his field back up. He's trying to keep me on strike because he thinks I've just told Trent to take a run this ball, which means Adam's going to probably give me something short. I'm right again but it's faster than I imagined, and in my struggle to get out of the way, I accidentally hit the ball with the toe of my bat, making it sail over the keeper's head and straight over the fence for six. I can't help but laugh at my luck, but when I look back over at Adam, he's glaring at me. I shrug and make a show of checking out the bottom of my bat. Fast bowlers get more angry if a good shot is a fluke than if it's deliberate, and knowing that I've turned what should have been a good ball into a bad one will fire Adam up even more.
Trent runs down to meet me at my end of the pitch, grinning from ear to ear. Great shot, he gushes. He whacks me on the arm with his hand and then races back to the other end. Adam's giving me his best fast bowler glare from the top of his mark. I can almost see the steam coming from his ears. If this was a backyard cricket match, I'd have this in the bag. I know it, and I know Adam knows it. I take my time taking guard, just like I did yesterday. And just like I did yesterday, I'm trying to pick what he's going to bowl for the last ball of this innings. It won't be short. He won't risk another fluky six. I face up, and Adam runs in. The ball lands just short of a good length, and without even thinking, I take a big stride forward and feel it zing off the bat, straight back over Adam's head for six. I definitely meant that one. Trent comes running down the pitch. His eyes are wide as the burgers they serve at the canteen. That was so awesome! Yeah, well, I don't think everyone's happy about that shot. Adam stands in the middle of the pitch, throwing daggers. I honestly didn't mean to hit Adam out of the park in this over, but I console myself with the fact that no matter what happens, his team's still going to win. The most immediate problem is that thanks to that last six, Trent's on strike, and even though it's to a spinner, I probably have as much faith in Trent to survive as he does. Just watch the ball, I tell him. If it looks like it's missing the stumps, you don't have to hit it. It's not really spinning that much. Trent shrugs. Okay, do you need me to run if I hit the ball? Do you want me to face up to the spinner? Trent sighs. I may as well have one shot, right? I mean, Adam's all out of overs, and they just have their two spinners left now. Sure, I shrug. Why not? Go be a hero. Trent laughs and heads down to the striker's end. He lasts just two balls before he slashes at a wide one and edges to the keeper. I see his shoulders slump, and as he walks off I pat him on the back. Look on the bright side. At least you didn't get out to Adam. He smiles and shakes his head. As we walk off the field I risk a look at Adam. To say he's not happy is the biggest understatement ever. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just buy a book by me, S.R. Silcox. You can order them through your favourite bookstore or request them through your local library. To find out how you can buy personalised and signed copies, go to my website at srsilcox.com. That's it for now. I'll see you next time.